You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, Buzz Broadway listeners. As you know, we at Buzz Broadway remain committed to fighting for social justice for the underserved and misrepresented citizens of our country. This includes women, LGBTQ people, disabled citizens, refugees, and Black or Indigenous people of color. This week, we are pleased to highlight The Conscious Kid. As an education, research, and policy-based organization, The Conscious Kid is dedicated to establishing equity and promoting positive racial identity development in youth. They support organizations, families, and educators in taking action to disrupt racism in young children. The organization also promotes access to children's books centering underrepresented groups and authors. To counter racism and racial bias, experts recommend acknowledging and naming race and racism with children as early and as often as possible. Children start receiving explicit and implicit messages about the meaning of race from birth and begin to show pro-white or anti-black bias by age three. Children's books are one of the most effective and practical tools for initiating these critical conversations with children, and can also be used to model what it means to resist and disrupt oppression. In their first eight hours of fundraising, The Conscious Kid was able to raise funds to send anti-racism books and materials to over 3,000 educators from all 50 states. The Conscious Kid has released a list of books and materials curated by critical Indigenous scholar Dr. Debbie Rees of American Indians and Children's Literature. Beyond addressing issues of race and racism, these children's books focus on taking action. They highlight resistance, resilience, and activism, and seek to empower youth to participate in the ongoing movement for racial justice. Children not only need to know what individual, systemic, and internalized racism looks like, they need to know what they can do about it. At theconsciouskid.org, you can also find a list of classroom and family resources for discussing race, racism, and anti-racism with children and students. To donate and help send anti-racism materials to even more schools across the U.S., visit theconsciouskid.org slash donate or find their link in our Instagram bio. On with the show. Welcome to the Buzz Broadway Podcast. I'm Amanda Harrington. And I'm Sam St. Jean. Each week, with the help of cast albums, film adaptations, and our own memories, we reminisce and relive some of our favorite Broadway musicals. Come listen to two besties booze their way down the great white way on on Buzz Buzz Broadway. When you're lost and alone and you feel like you need a little lift, when the times are tough and 
am so into riffing right now. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> How are Do you? you? Remember Kyle Kirion in college used to go, Amanda. I do remember that. He used to just, like, punch his neck. That's me. Did he, like, pay you to give him a shout-out or something? No. Oh, okay. I do, though, speaking of shout-outs, I do have to make a shout-out to one (laughs) of my friends, Ashley Hartnett, who... Loyal loyal listener, loyal loyal friend of the pod. every Friday, and she's not received a shout-out yet, and she's been in, like, all these shows. I think we kind of shouted them out in the very first episode, Oh, yeah, into the lunch. She was the most important part. The most important part. She had to do follow my directions Absolutely. and act her heart out in the lobby. Act her heart out in the lobby. She was dead. Amazing. I also Ashley, thank you so much for listening. We're very grateful to have you in our Buzz Broadway lives. Speaking of, I am so excited to welcome everyone to the season finale of Buzz Broadway. I cannot believe this is our twelfth episode. I cannot believe that this day is already here, that we're finishing our first season. It feels bonkers to me. This was like such a pipe dream of ours. Yeah. And if you guys yeah, stick around, that's how I feel. We might make a season two with a slightly different um, structure. Is that the word I'm going for? Yeah, that absolutely is the right word you're looking for. I want to thank all of our listeners, and I also want to take a second and thank you, Amanda, because nah. you are my best friend. Nah. You know, I'm going to do it. You are my best friend, and I am so so grateful that we get to do this each week, um, and that I I see your face more now than I ever have, and we haven't seen each other in person in like. Five months. Four months? March. We talked in March in person? Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot that show you were in. That's okay. It was not very long that I was in it. You were the most, you were the most <laughs> important part. Well, thank you so much. This has thank been like so the highlight of 2020. With literally, you know, without a doubt. I would say this is like my second best highlight because I did, I was on a national tour, which That's is pretty fine. cool. Um, but this one... <laughs> But this has been so much fun, and I'm so grateful that I get to do this with you uh, once a week. I'd say this is also my second after canceling my Greece vacation. That was probably my favorite part of 2020. So, this, yeah. I am so mad at you. Uh, If you're listening and you want to help Amanda get to Greece, uh, you can Venmo her at at Amanda Plans. No, just kidding. Can I? Um, We don't need to keep this in, but can I tell you one more thing and shout out one more person? Yeah, of course. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story today. But my friend Hannah, who was my closest friend at Messiah College, this is the college I went to for a semester, freshman year. Right. We only knew each other for four months, but we still keep in touch every now and then. And she sent me $5 on Venmo today. She was just like, hope you're doing well. Your podcast is amazing. I listen every week. <laughs> I literally have not. Amazing. I saw her like once a couple years ago, but other than that. Well, by our breakdown, I should get a dollar twenty-six of that five dollars. So if I can expect it in my event whenever you're available. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think it is. It's not. But that would be funny, right? I think we should get into it. I think we should get into the show. I am so excited that this is our season finale. Do you want to tell the people what the show is? Oh my gosh, we are doing the twenty-fifth annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. This is not only a special show because Sam and I love it so much, but Sam and I have been in this show together twice two times two times he played the same role both times because he's an I equity did. actor i did and that's I not true <laughs> that's roles. absolutely not true <laughs> yes we are talking about james lapine uh and uh william finn uh rebecca feldman and rachel Schenken, william finn's 
the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I am so excited to be talking about um, this show. I don't think James Lapine had anything to do with it. He directed Oh, okay, okay, so. okay. Then yes. Sorry, I just did research on <laughs> Rachel Scheinkin and William Finn. Yeah, Rachel Scheinkin. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. totally fine. I was just like... We've already talked about... We've also already talked about... I was like, he certainly Fine. did not write this. He wrote those other two. <laughs> You're like, what did he do? <laughs> we've talked about James a lot on the show. A lot of Sondheim, too. That's why we've talked about James. And we're going to talk about William Finn, who's also, like, a fantastic composer. Wow, yeah. he's one of my favorite. And I think he is so underrated. He's I think so he underrated. deserves just as much critical acclaim as, like, Sondheim, as Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. He deserves just as much as all of them, and I feel like he sometimes gets the shit end of the stick. For sure. He just hasn't done as much. All right. Do you think that we should talk about what our drinking games are? <laughs> so anxious. So Amanda doesn't know what it is, and I'm actually changing up the, the rules a little bit. I'm not doing, like, a classic drinking game. Because tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening to Buzz Broadway, we are having our very first annual Buzz Broadway Spelling Bee. You bet your ass, baby. <laughs> oh my god! It's so basically, be so bad. here's the way it's gonna work. I'm gonna give Amanda a word. If she spells it incorrectly, she has to take a sip of her drink. If she spells it correctly, which, to be honest with you, I think is the least, the lesser likely of the two options, I have to take a shot of Elijah Craig Small Batch 1789 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I. <laughs> hope I'm so smart and get them all. Um, I will say you probably will get some. I hope one's like, um, <laughs> that's one of the, I think, uh, pandemonium words. It is. So basically, yes, I have a list of words. Amanda gets them incorrect. She has to take a sip. If you're following along at home, you can play as either Amanda or myself. <laughs> Plays me. Get fucked up. Um, yeah. I think I also have the same chances of getting effed up because if you do get it right, I have to take a shot at this I am halfway whiskey. through a master's um, degree. Before we get into contact, uh, contact, before we get into content of the show, what are you drinking? I'm going to Nantucket this weekend, so I'm drinking their booze to inspire me. So I'm having triple eight cranberry vodka with ginger ale. It's a classic summer Amazing. drink. But I feel it is. too much cranberry vodka. So let's nice. get some words. Just kidding. What are you drinking? I love that. I am drinking... So, like I said last episode, the company episode, I'm in New York, and I think what I'm going to do while I'm here and we record episodes is I'm going to use the night that we record as my one night a week where I get takeout and order takeout drinks, because New York is doing delivery and takeout cocktails I love that so much. So you're also, you're going to treat yourself once a week and order food, too? And I'm going to support a local business. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember. So tonight... Tonight I am drinking the Draft Old Fashioned from the Bonnie Bar in Astoria. I ordered a fried chicken sandwich and some fries from them, and I got this delicious drink. It came in this adorable little bottle. Um, their Draft Old Fashioned is made with Balcones, Rye Whiskey, Brandy, Agave, Housemade, Bonnie Bitters, and Angostura Bitters. It is very delicious, very cinnamony, very spicy. I really like it. I think this is great that you and I will never drink the same things. Yeah, you know, we never have to yeah. compete. <laughs> All right, what do you think? Should we get into it? Just to hear what the synopsis is. All right, yes, let's get into the synopsis, shall we? Oh, uh-oh, <laughs> looks like it's time for our first spelling bee word right before we get to the synopsis. Let's check it out. Let's see, what do we think we're going to have to spell today? Ah, 
Miss Harrington, your word is cynical. Did I have a definition? A dining room. Specifically, the room where the Last Supper was held. Oh, do you have a word in a sentence? <clears throat> in the cynical, Jesus said, I'm a Jew, but being that one of you is going to betray me, I'm ordering the shrimp. Cynical. Okay, I'm ready. C-E-N-I-C-A-L. I'm sorry, the correct spelling is C-E-N-A-C-L-E. Cynical. Are you kidding me? No, I am not. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, take a sip, please, Miss Harrington. Let's get into the synopsis. Let's get into the synopsis. The 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee has charmed audiences across the country with its effortless wit and humor. Featuring a fast-paced, wildly funny, and touching book by Rachel Scheinkin and a truly fresh and vibrant score by William Finn, this bee is one unforgettable experience. An eclectic group of six mid-pubescents vie for the spelling championship of a lifetime. While candidly disclosing hilarious and touching stories from their home lives, the tweens spell their way through a series of potentially made-up words. Hoping to never hear the soul-crushing, pout-inducing, life-unaffirming ding oh. of the bell that signals a spelling <laughs> mistake. Six spellers enter, one speller leaves. At least the losers get a juice box. A riotous ride complete with audience participation, the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee is a delightful den of comedic genius. I have a question. I have an answer. When do you drink? When you get a word right. That's it? Yeah, but I have to take a shot. Oh, I hope I get a word right. You have to take a sip. I have to take a shot. That was a good synopsis. Wasn't it? Huge thank you to Musical Theater Inter Music Theater International for that synopsis. I did research on William Finn, but I bet you know way more about it. I actually don't know much about William Finn, so I'm excited for you to tell me. Okay. Oh, but first... What is this sound? Uh-oh, time to spell another word. These are coming fast. All right, Miss Harrington. <laughs> your word is... Pockapoo. Can I have a definition? A Chinese lottery. Pockapoo. P O C A P U. That is correct. Wow! Yes! Oh, yeah, chug it. Woo! So, William Finn was born, guess where? In Boston! I did know that, actually. 1952. He was raised in conservative Judaism. He's known for writing a trilogy of short musicals off-Broadway called In Trousers, March of the Falsettos, and Falsetto Land. The latter of the two became the hit musical Falsettos. If you don't know Falsettos, if you're all listening and you don't know Falsettos, go listen now. It is a beautiful musical. You want to listen to all Beautiful story. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so he wrote that one with James Lapine. Um, after that, he wrote A New Brain which is based on his real-life near-death experience after a brain surgery. And if I'm correct, the characters are based on, like, his real life. That's like correct. his mother and his partner. Yes. Wow. A New Brain is one of my favorite musicals. That music is gorgeous. I don't know if I'll that well, but I know that A New Brain is beautiful. Stunning. 
And then he also wrote after that Little Miss Sunshine. Do you know anything about yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know much about the stage musical, but I do know that he wrote the, the stage version of Little Miss Sunshine. I love that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Me neither. So he's still, I don't know much about Rachel Scheinkin, except that she's an adjunct professor at NYU Tisch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that they're still collaborating. He's actually one of the founders of the Barrington Stage Company here in Massachusetts, and I know that they do some workshops there together. Yes, so. they produce a lot of really great regional work at Barrington Stage, and the Barrington Stage has also been the home of a lot of really successful musicals while they're still in um, production. Cool. Yes. That's all, that's all I have on them, because he's they're both still pretty young. And right. I really hope to see more from him in the future. Oh my gosh, he is so talented. Um, well, I would love to talk a little bit about the um, sort of creation of the show and the trajectory of the, uh, you know, Broadway production. Um, oh. You know what that means. Time to quick now. spell that another word. Later. <laughs> they feel... Mm, okay. I'm glad you think so. Okay. Miss Harrington, your word is dengue. Oh my gosh. This was the word that he had to spell in the Tony uh, Award performance. Can I have a definition? I know what it is, but... A disease transmitted by mosquitoes that causes headache, severe joint pain, rash, and severe diarrhea. Can I have a sentence? When the pediatrician asked Billy to describe the symptoms of his dengue, he said, It's like there was a race out of my tushy and everybody won. (laughs) Look at your straight face. You'd be a great pants. Dengue. D-A-N-G-I-E. Sorry, that is incorrect. The correct spelling is D-E-N-G-U-E. Dengue. That's rude. Let's talk a little bit about how Spelling Bee was created. So there's actually an improv group in New York City called The Farm, and there was a student at the improv troupe named Rebecca Feldman, and she actually created an improv play called Crepuscule, which is one of the words in the show. I think that's actually the word that... Who has to spell Crepuscule? I don't remember, but it is a word It is a word in the show. So she created yeah. this play, um, and the, a, a fellow improv troupe member, uh, Sarah Salzberg, was in the show, and she actually wound up in the Broadway production as well. She played Logan. So Sarah Salzberg was actually the weekend nanny to Wendy Wasserstein, who is good friends with James Lapine. Taking all my potpourri. Who is good friends with Rachel Scheinkin. So this is like a snake eats tail kind of weird, um, he said, she said, telling. So basically Wendy said, you know, my nanny is working on this really crazy show um, about a spelling bee. You know, you should go check it out. James Lapine checked it out. He told his friend Rachel Scheinkin about it. Rachel went to go see it. And they decided to approach Rebecca Feldman to turn it into a musical. James Lapine or William Finn? Did I say William Finn? No, you said James Lapine. What do you mean? Was it James Lapine and Rachel Schenken? Yes, and then they approached William Finn to write the music. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Listen, Amanda, I do my research too, okay? Okay. Sorry, Master Harrington over here in her little in her little school program. Her little her after little... her little after school special. Okay, keep going, you <laughs> dingus. You dungy. So the show then, actually, after they worked on it a little bit in New York, they took it to Barrington Stage to try to produce it as a full musical, test it out, see how it ran. They did the show two times at Barrington Stage before they opened Off-Broadway at Second Stage on January 11th, 2005. 
The show was a huge success. One, they won several Off-Broadway awards, including Lucy Lortel's, and they won the Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Ensemble, which is a I believe an award that should be present at the Tonys as well. Agreed. On a sounding outstanding ensemble cast for shows like Into the Woods, shows like Falsettos that have incredibly strong teams of cast members. So finally, Spelling Bee opens on April 15th, 2005 at my favorite Broadway theater, The Circle in the Square. Me too! You saw Godspell there, correct? Oh my god, yeah, I love that And I saw um, Fun Home there. Absolutely stunning. Spelling Bee wins two Tony Awards for Best Book and Best Featured Actor for Dan Fogler as William Barfay, a role that I love so much. All right, now we can take a break. Yeah, and we will take a quick break and be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel Schwartzberg, host of the podcast Creative Consumption. If you sometimes find yourself asking... Should I be making something of my own right now, or should I read that book, or binge-watch Tiger King, or browse Twitter for a little? Then I think you'd enjoy the show. Each episode, I talk with creators from all different backgrounds, uh, actors, musicians, composers, social media personalities, sometimes all of the above, about how they balance what they make and what they intake. We talk about everything from how they identify themselves creatively. I'm a pianist, music director, orchestrator. I roll my eyes and groan and say, I'm an actor. Dealing with a creative block. Sometimes it's like there and it is ready and it is just like the ideas are flowing. And sometimes it's just tired and it's, it's not going to budge at that moment. And that's okay too. Their early and current inspirations. Something that really influenced me is like playing soccer. I'm a podcastaholic. That's a daily source of interest and inspiration for sure. And social media's positives and negatives. I basically quit Facebook this year or some point last year. Um, so I only go on it when I need to sell items. I manage my social media and I manage my puppet's social media. If these questions about how each person spends their time and finds balance through the creative process strike your interest and you want to hear more, you can find Creative Consumption in any podcast player and online at creativeconsumptionpodcast.com. Thank you guys and stay safe. All right, you want to move on to some awards categories? Yeah. Oh, wait, well, no, no. So, well, not yet. Do you have some potpourri? Well, we got to talk about how we've re-experienced it. There's only one way we okay, can. Okay, fine. So I guess we don't, we don't really need to talk about it. Like I did watch some videos. I've listened to the cast recording, and we've been in it twice. So. Do we need to re-experience it? Or... I'm already experiencing it, honey. Is the show experiencing us? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's... You know That's what that sound, sound means. I don't know what that sound means. Talk to spell another word. I don't remember that sound being in the rules. <laughs> All right. Let's see where the ball rolls. <laughs> Miss Harrington, your word yes. is ossuary. Could you repeat the word? Ossuary. Can I have the definition, please? A place or receptacle for the bones of the dead. <laughs> Can I have it in a sentence? At recess... The substitute teacher was hesitant when the students brought her to their secret underground ossuary. <laughs> o S C U A R 
I'm sorry. The correct spelling is O S S U A R Y. Oh my Ossuary. gosh. Let's keep going. You have any friend trivia for us tonight? I do. Lay it on me, pal. It's not that fun. <laughs> okay. Sarah Should we share Salz- it? <laughs> I'm going to share it because it's important to me. Sarah Salzberg and Dan Fogler both went to Boston University, my current school. Wow. <laughs> that is really cool. I didn't actually know that. And then I got lost in other actors who went to BU, and it was a long... Who are they? Tell me. Or just famous people. Martin Luther King Jr. Great. Julianne Moore, I think. I did know that. Uh, Jennifer Goodwin. Great. Uh, A lot of random people. I love that. Also, Sarah Salzberg is now a public school teacher in New York City on the Upper West Side. I actually did not know that. That's really cool. She teaches improv to K through five. Wow. What a boss ass bitch. Yeah, honestly. Oh, you know what that means. Time for another word. Miss Harrington, your word is mizzle. Can I have a definition? Rain in very fine droplets, a light drizzle. Could you use it in a sentence? The hip-hop weatherman left no question as to Monday's forecast. Fushizzle, it's mizzle. Mizzle. M-I-Z-Z-L-E. Mizzle. That is correct. Woo! Take a shot of Pam! Take a shot of Pam! Before we move on, I feel like we should share with our staff. Why it sounds like this, this episode? Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. It is very hot both in New York City and in Boston. So if you hear some ambient white noise today, it's because Amanda and I are both running our air conditioners. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, now let's go on to our... Baby, I'm sorry. All right, before we talk about our individual best musical moments, I think that we have one that is the same, I will argue. And I would like for me to subconsciously communicate that to, that to you, and I want you to leave it until the end. Okay. There's one that I think you know that we both have. Lillian? Keep smiling. Keep shining. <laughs> There's one that I think you know that we both have, and I think you should leave it till the end, because I think that one is the, the winner of this category. I don't think we do. Okay. But I but the one that I think it would be, I will save till the end. Okay, great, 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 great. So do you want to do your first two, and then I do my first two? I have uh, five, so... Jesus Christ! I'll do my first four, and then you do (laughs) your two, and then we'll see if we matched up at the end. Oh my god, okay. All right, ready? All right, so I'll make them quick. I always do. Um, My my first is Lisa Howard's high note in Prayer of the Comfort Counselor. Mm. Just the high note. It's first, her voice... Sounds just like that. (laughs) Her voice is so good. Yeah, it's stupid. If you know her at all from It Should Have Been You, you'll also know Mm -hmm. that her voice is absolutely incredible. It just does not quit at any point in the show. She delivered an absolutely perfect vocal performance eight nights a week. My second is Be Smart, Be Cool, the bridge slash breakdown of Mm. What Was Me. I remember being so obsessed with that when I was like 16 years old and I discovered this show. Still obsessed. 10 years later. This one is technically a musical moment because it's not a full song, but it is a full song. Okay. Only that I love Mar- the role of Marcy Park, but this musical moment is a shout out to the trio of ladies who sing backup in uh, 
I speak six languages. Specifically when they sing Winning is a Job and she gets no real enjoyment. Mm. Their harmonies are just so tight. It's Sarah... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Sarah. It's... it's yeah, yeah, it is. It's Sarah Salzberg, Celia Kina Bolger, and Lisa Howard. Yeah. And their harmonies are... They A, all have really great voices. I think that Sarah's voice is not as shiny as the others because it's just the character. I think she she has a great voice if you really listen to her musicianship. It's just... Yeah, and, it's like, the different. actual tone of her voice, it's just because she has such a, a heavy affectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my f- fourth yeah. is... Oh. Lisa Howard's Be Smart, Be Cool, winning is a job. My fourth... Um, is the very last few measures of pandemonium when the company sings life is random and unfair and then above the entire company chip sings life is pandemonium so those are my first four i do have a fifth one and i think we have the same last one so tell me your first two okay all right my first one is the opening when the three girls sing it seems we're living out our dreams Ah, yeah 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 and logan's like signing over it Oh, it's so funny. And it's just a beautiful harmony. You want to know why? You want to know why? Why is it beautiful harmony? Fucking three part harmony, baby. It's the way. I love a trio. And then my second one is the finale. Mm. Which Oh, that's what I missed. That's what I missed. Okay, well, I have six. <laughs> it's mine now. <laughs> I'll be your mother now. It's mine. But specifically from our past caught up with us at last to the end because there are some shows where, where a finale just being on stage makes me cry this is and one just, of them just standing on stage specifically when we did it as adults standing on stage and just standing and singing and like being present with your cast members it's just like a very beautiful moment and it really tears me up I agree I also that's actually one that I missed I do have it written right here it's the finale mine is when they sing it's it sounds it's I mean it's written exactly the same it is in the as it is in the opening but I like when they sing very nice beginning. There's just something about the fact that you've been through the journey with the show that makes it sound completely different. Yeah, it's such a different feel. Oh, yes. I just love it. Do you know what it is? I really love finales that are in unison. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. But like that whole song starts just in unison. You're correct. As it does in the opening. All right. So what's the one you think we have? All right, my very last favorite musical moment is from four minutes and 55 seconds to five minutes and 14 seconds of the I Love You song. Shut up. I did the same thing, but in page numbers. Ah, were you looking at the libretto? Yes, so it's page 14 through page, like, 17. It's the best part. It is the best musical part of the show. Is that the the trio? It's it's from, um, it's from... Uh, Mama, I I love you, I love you, Mama. That's exactly, you're right. Yeah, I isolated it to 20 seconds, but yours is probably more like 30 or 45. Mine specifically is two measures. It's those first two measures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best part of the show, and it's arguably William Finn's best writing. I would have to agree. It's so good. So do we both take a drink for having the same? Sure, why not? I love that. Have a sip. Cheers to you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The fairies coming in. You know what that in. means. The fairies coming in. 
That's what it... Time for another Buzz Broadway vocab word. Are you ready, Amanda? I'm ready. Yes, Daug, I am ready. Daug. I forgot that I said that. That's so funny of me. Was that just you? That's not like... Yeah, no. Daug. Because he keeps calling him Barfy. Yes. I love that. All right. Your word is Harrispex. That's not a real word. Can I have another one, please? Harrispex. Can I have a definition? A person who inspects the entrails of sacrificial victims in order to foretell the future. Could you use it in a sentence? The 1832 law banning the inspection of entrails was a death blow to the Harrisbecks industry. I wasn't listening to the sentence, but I'm sure it was great. Um, Harrisbecks. H-E-R-R-I-S-P-E-X. I'm so sorry, that's incorrect. The correct spelling is H-A-R-U-S-P-E-X. Harrisbex. Are you fucking kidding? If we had done the show last year, I might know how these words are spelled. Why last year? Because I'd still remember these words. Production numbers? Here we go, baby. I bet we have similar ones You go first this time. Uh, my first one is the ob- one of the obviouses, uh, Pandemonium. Sp- of course. Because it's, just, it's so great. I love how early it comes in the show. Yes, a big and peak. Then, yes, but also, I don't think I've ever had a better workout on stage than performing <laughs> in that number. What did you do both times? Do you want to talk about it later or now? What did you do, like, physically both times? I don't remember what I did the first time when I played Olive, but when I played Marcy, I think I just hula hooped. I think you're right. I have later in, in our personal connection, I get to talk. I'm going to talk about Please what do. I did. Because you know what I did. <laughs> I sure do. That was amazing. My second one is. I actually was just talking about that today. Yeah? Yeah. My second one is unfortunately not in the show. I love the song Why We Like Spelling. I love it. It's a great it. song, and it is sad that it was cut. Yeah. So, and I don't know where it was supposed to be. I think it would be a very good act two opener. I think you're right. And then my third one is obviously the I Love You song. One of the most beautiful trios ever written. Yeah, it is really stunning. But there are so many other good songs. So I also have Pandemonium on my list. Okay. But my second is Woe Is Me. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I just love that number. It's like perfectly frantic to show how like anxious Logan is. Yeah. My third is specifically two parts of this song, but really the entire song. My favorite moment of the B slash second. I forgot about that song. It's really, really oh, incredible. I love From that Rona's one. third favorite moment all the way through yes. Barf winning the spelling bee with the word belt and showing. It I is think, I think singing a, that olive part is one of my favorite solos I've ever done on stage. Yeah. That just that part in second. For me it's um the two parts that I wanted to talk about that, of course, now I'm struggling to remember are I feel I'm in my glory all the way through Barf singing um, My Fears Are Odious and Feckend and yeah. Should I Throw the Bee? Because it just escalates and escalates and escalates. And um, Oh, I'm sorry. The first one is, is when Olive sings that really high first second. Will I come in second? Will I come in second? Will I come in second? It's yeah. so high, and Celia's voice is just so strong. So strong. Those are my two favorite parts um, of that song, but specifically, I think that is my favorite number in the show, just because it, the, 
his writing he's William Finn is so good at writing like chaotic vocal lines like yeah. things just happening there's so many parts of, of a new brain that are just like frantic people singing all at the same time the same thing with um, falsettos he's just he's really incredible. good at writing he is so good I think second it's not as exciting <laughs> I'm thinking from a performance perspective like being one of the other spellers is just very unexciting because I understand that. Sure, sure, sure. And I've you been know, it is to a, that it, part that time. Right. It is an ensemble number, but it's it's not. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because when I played Marcy, I was just jealous because I wanted to be Olive in the moment. Sure. But, okay. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amazing. Uh, do you need to take a shot? Uh, no, I don't, do you? But you know who does? We're speeding through these. Uh-oh. Pennywise! You know what that sound, you know what that sound I Are people going to get sick of me saying that, or is it funny every time? I think it's funny every time. Great, I can't. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, Miss Harrington, time for you to spell another word. Your word is berignosis. Can I have a definition? Loss of ability to perceive weight. Can you use it in a sentence? Now that I know you have berignosis, honey, those genes do make you look fat. <laughs> All right, I got this one. Wait, can I have the language <laughs> of origin? Uh, English. That's... <laughs> what? <laughs> Berignosis. B-A-R-R-I-G-N-O-S-I-S. Fuck. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The correct spelling is B-A-R-A-G-N-O-S-I-S. I was Berignosis. really close. Sure. <laughs> this isn't fair. I stuck to the rules. Anyways... I'm excited to talk about acting awards. I think this is this is the last acting award of the season. Agreed. And I'm tied between these three. I don't know who my number one pick is. Oh, here we go. Number one. Derek Baskin, who played Mitch Mahoney in the original Broadway cast. Is he related to Carol? I thought that the second I looked up his name. <laughs> I don't think so. Is he related to that bitch, Carol Baskin? Killed her husband. Whacked him. Whacked him. Um, his voice is just really uh, fine. 
And he gets a really, really great moment in Act 1. Mm-hmm. Well, the first half of the show, I should say. Where he gets that monologue. Yeah, you, like, know who he is all of a sudden. Yeah. And he is great. So, his voice is beautiful, too. My number two is Celia Keenan-Bolger. As all of Ostrovsky. One, because she's gorgeous. Two, I think she has some of the best diction I've ever heard on stage. Mm. There's two specific moments. Chaperone is my favorite. Who will be my chaperone? I'm like, yes, Kathy Arecki got to you. (laughs) You got to end with a n. Number three, if he even deserves it, Sam St. Jean as William Barfay. You like Amanda, you deserve you, so you deserve this one like more than forum I think because this is just your role. Thank you. This is it for you. That's so funny you say that because I also listed myself. Did you do that again? <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> so funny you said that because I'm also giving myself a second. Thank you so much word. for that very kind compliment. I also I agree. I agree. I think this <laughs> is your role. I know exactly what you're saying, and I think you. I, I agree with you that I feel very deeply connected to William Barfy and <laughs> of all the roles um, to be connected to. No, but really, I do, um, and I just really love doing this part, and I, I pray every day for the time that I get the chance to, to do it again. Yeah, I wonder how many more years I think that each you time I get to have. I mean, really, in 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 the way that the show has been produced in the past, I really have like at least, at 10. least ten to fifteen more years. Yeah, yeah, honestly, to do it. Who are yours? Maybe you. not fifteen. Maybe maybe not forty years old playing Barf. Yeah. All right. So I did. I did in fact include myself only because there are, to be honest with you, only a few roles that I really feel super confident that about me doing. I one think of them being Pseudolus and one of them being this. I think I'll include myself <clears throat> in shows in the future, maybe that we haven't been in together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Um, I also have Sarah Salzberg listed. She was in the original cast of the show. She spent so much of her life creating the character of Logan and it clearly paid off. She has been in the show from its inception. Yeah. Um, and she just has the ability to make you like double over with laughter on top of being so heartbreaking when she gets eliminated. And when she um, gets interrogated by principal Panch. she is such a talented actress. And to think yeah. about the fact that she comes from an improv world is like so fascinating that she still has the ability to connect so deeply to someone. It's really I... great. And my final acting award nominee of the season the, my final nominee for the Edwina Spoon Apple acting award is none other than Amanda Harrington as Olive Ostrovsky <laughs> we did the show first time together in 2011 we spent uh, like four years of our lives playing opposite each other and then the very last show that we thought we were ever going to do together we got to play opposites in this part where Barf and Olive have such a beautiful friendship that's created so quickly and it reminds me so much of our friendship with one another um so to get to so to get to do to get to do this show with you especially like when you're a senior in high school you feel so sentimental about every single thing in your life and i felt so i felt that this experience with you and getting to share this show with you where we got to play where we were two best friends getting to play best friends who have such a meaningfully deep friendship it was really really it was so nice to play opposites too. Like you and I always played opposites in a non-romantic way. Right. And these two, I, I would argue that these, this, this friendship isn't necessarily romantic, but they're each other's first friends and you are my oldest friend. Wow. You are kind of like my first best friend. So to get to play 
a first friend with you for real. Like it was just like pulling from real life. Oh my god. I we'll talk about it later. But Great. I just am so blessed. I love you so much. I love you. I love you so much. Uh all right, should we talk about some honorable mentions? Yeah, I got it. I they're all personal. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that one. Hold on. How's uh how's this one? Oh, I don't like that one either. Um oh stop playing. Oh here we go. The pur the annual purge will now commence. <laughs> you know All crime is legal. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? Ring the alarm! What? I'm a going so long. I'm gonna do this alarm! Check on your arm. I don't even know the words. You would think that that's the one I would think of because I'm gay. Um, but I love that. Alrighty, Amanda, let's spell another word. You okay. Ready? Your word is zomatheri. Zomatheri. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Zomatheri. Zomatheri? Zomatheri. Theri, theri. Okay. Can I have a definition? A medical treatment using raw meat. For example, a steak on a black eye. <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? Billy regretted using zomatheri to treat his hemorrhoids. <laughs> I love how Billy is always the example. <laughs> Billy. Zomatheri? Zomatheri. <laughs> Z-O-M-A-T-R-H. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, if you start to spell a word, you may start over, but the sequences of letters already spoken may not be changed. <laughs> what if it wasn't a letter? By, by permission of Scripps National Spelling Bee, you have been granted one retry for the spelling of the oh word Zomatheri. Fairy. Zomatheri. Great, 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 great. Z-O-M-A-T-H-E-R-Y. Zomatheri. Fuck it, I'm sorry, the correct spelling is Z-O-M-A-T-H-A-R-Y. Are you kidding? I even tried to say Zomatheri, and you still spelled it with an E. <laughs> I hate this game because I'm bad at it. Have we talked about, okay, so now we're going to talk about honorable mentions, right? Yes, we are. I have two. Mine are all personal. I have one personal and one professional. You go first. My first is Lisa Howard's voice. I could listen to it for hours. Mm. For hours. I, yeah. My second is Nate Welton's comedic timing. <laughs> is that one of yours? Yes. Good. Of course. So the, the boy that we had as Panch at our high school is Panch in real life. He is panch in real life. He'll freak out at something for no reason. He is super dry. Very funny. A little strange. He was just so funny in this part. And I said to Amanda today when we were talking about Spelling Bee, this boy, Nate Welton, who played panch at our high school, if he had shown his tape as panch to a theater school, he would have gotten in at every university and he could be a professional actor today. That is how good he was at doing this part. 100%. If he had studied acting, he absolutely could be a, prof a professional working actor today. He this, was so talented, and he's so funny in this part. Not only because of just his just his acting, but 
a lot of the show is improv. Yes, and, we'll and talk he was about so good about it. He was so, oh, yeah. please do. I don't remember any of them, so please talk about them. Oh, yeah. I have. Well, we okay. talked in, I guess, in one episode about him throwing a trash can at another actor, which was, I would say, a little over the top, but... Um, he, that was, like, three years he earlier. He toned it he down. He toned it down right by then. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's one of mine. My second one is from... My second two are from our production in... Are you listening yes, to I am. me? Yes, I am. <laughs> when I get drunk, I get needy. Um, that explains... Never mind. Fuck off. <laughs> My second two are from our production... So, okay. We never said that we were in, where we were in it together. Okay. That's okay. So Sam and I were in the show in high school... And then we were also in it at the Dairy Field Repertory Theater in 2015. The only professional production we've done together. Please, please stop mocking me. I wish this was a video so all of the audience could see how big of a dill hole you are. Anyways, so <laughs> I'm going to turn my camera off. My second two are from that production. One of them, we already gave her a shout out, but one of them being Meredith Ibe. Oh, wow. Rona Lisa Peretti. She is, much like I said that Nate is Principal yep. Blanche, if I could multiply that times 10, <laughs> Meredith Ibe is Rona Lisa Peretti. They are the same person. She's just so over the top and cheesy, and that's who Rona is. Like, I would call Meredith imagine? cheesy. I would call her sentimental and wistful and a good educator and a pa- like pageant like quality to them she's cheesy and such a like corny she's right. corny Sh- okay sure in a beautiful way she's one of my best friends <laughs> she also has but like that little you... air of awkwardness that rona has yes, which is really it. good like not being able to deal with like not being able to deal with conflict or like yeah. it's just <laughs> she was so perfect and just she like so over fun. the top excited for the littlest thing like <gasps> I just can't. <laughs> but can you imagine her and Nate? Oh my god, it would have been incredible. Together? Incredible. It would have been amazing. And then my last one is Chelsea Merritt. Oh, who yeah. Who played Logan Schwartz in Grubinier. Yeah, our really, really good friend, Chelsea. She's just, she had always played, she'd played quirky characters that I'd seen, but they were all very basic. And this is like the first real comedic role where she went to like a weird place too not just like a like (laughs) she played Gertrude she had played Kitty in the Drowsy Chaperone she played Kate Monster in Avenue Q so like uh, like more like quirkier roles but this role was just kind of very bizarre which I think she did really well she would do this thing with her water bottle where she would like she had like a screw cap water bottle and she would get the screw cap wet and then unscrew the crack cap of the water bottle and then flick it across the stage so it would hit like everyone on the stage as she unflicked it and she did it every time she opened her water bottle. Every time. And not to mention, she was using her very own personal Hello Kitty <laughs> water right. bottle. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> so those are my three out of a mention. Amazing. And then I have like two winners who are going to share the win. Okay. I have one winner. Okay. But before we get to that winner. Maybe not a drink. Is this a Let's ring Let's spell another word. That was a drum roll. Let's spell another word. You ready, Miss Harrington? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Your word is smooligan. The secret word is fringe. <laughs> okay, what's the actual word again? Smooligan. 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 Can I have a definition? 
Unknown. An old London street urchin term, circa 1760. Just one written citation. Possibly has something to do with mutton. That's very helpful. Could you use it in a sentence? Small again for me troubles, governor. <laughs> Can you repeat the word again, please? Small again. Small again. S M O O L I G A N. That is correct. Take a big old sip. It is 9.47 p.m. I have to work at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Ugh. That's so late. Yikes. I do these on work nights all the time. Okay, you want an award? I already gave you an between a spoon apple. I want to know who wins the show. Para tu. For me? You ready? Yes. See. The actors who get to do it. That's it, man. It is it. It's not what I put, but yeah. It is it. The actors who perform this show... I have only had more fun one other time, and it was for completely different reasons. I have so much fun when I do this show. The audience gets so excited, and they root so much for the audience members that are on stage. They also root for the characters. The characters are all very lovable, maybe except for Chip, but even then he hey, redeems... Marcy. He, I think Marcy is incredibly lovable, especially after she is, is enlightened by Jesus. <laughs> by Jesus? <laughs> Chip is lovable. I think he's not as lovable until he sings Unfortunate Erection, and then the audience is like, oh, he's funny. Because he kind of okay. is a little bit arrogant, you know what I mean? So kind of just like Mercy, she's not Right, they get redeemable movement. They get redeemable yeah. moments. Movements. Okay. Why don't you try to spell that word again? That word you spelled before that you <laughs> mispronounced. What word was it? I just spelled it right, bitch. No, not that one. Smool again. You actually spelled it uh, wrong, but I gave it to you. It's actually smoogligan. But I said it wrong. Well, you said it wrong. But you got it right. I took I took okay, a sip. Good. Thank you. I'm drunk. So, <laughs> my yeah, my winners are shared. Let's Barf and Olive. Because they made a friend. They do both win. Barf wins the spelling bee in his last possible chance, and makes a friend. And Olive gets to do something for somebody else, and and does something that she loves. She gets to do something that she loves, and her dad didn't come, but it's fine. I get so choked up with the alternative um, ending for Olive. Oh yes, because the, uh, the one that the she endings. the one that she has is something else. But the, there's a there's an uh, an alternate epilogue written that says Olive Ostrovsky went home to an empty house, an uncertain future, but a yep. like a courage to take on both or something. Yeah. And I literally get choked up every single time I see an Olive do it when they choose that en- that ending. Because the other ending is like, Olive Ostrowski had a great time helping her friend study from the National Spelling Bee. But the alternate one is so much more real for like what Isn't Olive actually did. Isn't that one we did faced. at DRT? I think we did that one at DRT. I don't think we did that one in at GHS. No. I think All we did I the remember. One, like, it's like, Olive had, Olive had so much fun helping her friend study for the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Right? And then it's like, she came in, she came in th- third or something. Yeah, something later on. Right. She came in 47th or something. Yeah. All I remember is Leaf Coney Bear has cats. That's probably the best one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you want to take another short break and then come back to finish out uh, this episode and talk about when we did the show together? I'm 
Ready. One, uh, 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 do it. Are you ready for some personal experiences? Oh, uh, my God. Is that a yes? Do we do Dreamcasting before or after this? Dreamcasting is the second to last category. Okay. I kind of want to do it first. You want to do it now? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So before we I mean, get... Whenever you want. Uh-oh. Milky White! You know what that means. <laughs> I mean, it's time to spell another word. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Miss Harrington, hmm. your word is... Abulia. Oh, I know. I got this one. Can I have a definition? A mental illness characterized by the inability to make decisions. Could you use it in a sentence? On their day off from the hospital, the Abulia patients spent the whole day in the parking lot saying, I don't know, what do you want to do? <laughs> okay, ready? I'm ready. Abulia. A-B-O-U-L-I-A. So sorry, the correct spelling is A-B-U-L-I-A, abulia. I'm just so good that I add in letters because I'm a better speller than the dictionary. All right, I think everyone is so excited for us to talk about the times where we did the show. That's great, but we're going to talk about Dreamcasting first. Yeah, I think that's just like a nice little opener to the thing everybody wants to hear, you know? <laughs> a little amuse-bouche, if you will. <laughs> Okay, so you don't have any, so you're just going to listen to mine. Okay, so my first one is, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce any of these names. Gatin Matarazzo as Chip. Gatin Matarazzo, yes. As yes, Chip. Yes, yes, Sure. Cute, right? Yeah, I, th I tried from Stranger Things. So, was, yes, the guy who plays, um, what's his name, Dustin? Yeah. Yes. I tried to find younger people, because if there's ever a revival, like, they might be that right age. Sure. <clears throat> um, Gray Henson as Leaf. Oh, he would have been great. He would be so great. I wonder if he did it. I love Gray. Yeah. He's fabulous. This is why I got sucked into Mean Girls mm. videos, because I was like, yes. Okay, some random ones. If we wanted some big names, Ben Platt could be Chipper Leaf. Sure. Um, Joshua right. Henry as Mitch Mahoney. I'm down. He would slay, slay comfort counselor. If we wanted another big name, as we cast her in everything, Audra McDonald as Rona. As Rona Lisa Pretty. I was just going to say that. Come on. She'd, She'd be, be so good. And then, uh, non-famous, but if you listen to our episode of Gypsy, I don't know about you guys, but I've been stalking Olivia Valley on um, <laughs> YouTube and stuff. Oh, shit. On YouTube and stuff. And she's kind of a weird personality. So I feel like she'd be a great Logan Schwartz and Grubinier. Oh, see, I think Olivia would be great as Olive, and I think Fiona would be great. Fiona McIntyre, co-host mm. of What's Your Backup Plan, would be great as Logan. They're both they're both <laughs> very weird, and I love They're them. both really versatile, so I That's think they could one. honestly do both. They really could. They're yeah. very talented. They could also probably play Marcy. Honestly. So I'd like to see them do that. That's Agreed. my dream casting section. I love that. I would love to see, like, a Jimmy Fallon principal panch. Oh, I thought I wrote a pants down. 
I looked up comedians because I was like, who would be a really good? Coach? Yeah, Mo Rocca did it on Broadway. Daryl um, Hammond. Daryl Hammond also did it on Broadway. Um, yeah, I would love to see this. People just need to produce this musical more. Jimmy Fallon couldn't do it. He would laugh through the entire show. <laughs> You're probably right. Bill Hader, even though he does notoriously crack, when Bill Hader like is actually an actor. Yeah, poor Bill Hader just Bill Hader gets would cards be... written that he's never read before. That's why he cries. Right. Bill Hader would actually be very funny as pants with like the prepared script. He'd be great. Who's like the movie? Like what's if what if it's not a pl- like what if it's not a musical? What if it's like a play? Who is who plays who? Like without music? Yeah. That I can't do. Okay. Let's move on to the next. Like <laughs> that's too much. I would need time. <laughs> All right, let's take the time to talk about our personal experiences. So the, I think that is a great idea. What I was thinking is we start with memories from high school and then we talk about uh, Are those motorcycles outside? Nope. It's just time <laughs> to spell another word here at the first annual Bud Bud Broadcast. <laughs> I'm keeping all of it. You've no say. Just another Buzz Broadway spelling bee. Um, can it be easy? Uh, sure. Miss Harrington. Yeah. Your word is flugaloom. Could I have a definition? The definition is unknown. It is an old alpine goat herding term handed down in the oral tradition. <laughs> there is only one known written citation of the word. Come hither, Heidi, and flugaloom. Flugaloom. Would you ever want to play Principal Pitch in the show? We will talk about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Flugaloom. I don't fucking know. F L. Don't get ready. I'm going to spell it wrong. F L U G A L O O M. Flugaloom? That is correct. <laughs> oh, thank you. Who was I, exactly? Lisa Howard is running Lisa Pretty. How was that? Why am I drinking... How is it actually spelled? Is there no real spelling? You spelled it right. Is it one of those words? What do you mean? Of course you spelled it right. All right, let's talk about high school. All right, high school first. I remember much less of this production. But I do remember one thing, and I remember... Um making videos tell us about it so a very prominent a very prominent community theater in our area made videos profiling each character that was competing in the spelling bee and they released them on facebook and youtube and we did the production a few years later and we did the same thing we made little character profile videos and in mine barf ate a (laughs) peanut which if you know the show you know that he is allergic to peanuts so I made a fake video of me throwing up, and people thought I actually threw up on command. And I was like, A, are you dumb? And B, it's just water that I put in my mouth and then put, let and out into C, the toilet. Like, yes, I am just that good an actor. Thank you. <laughs> so that was really fun to get to do that, because you made one, right? You videoed it, yeah. You directed it. But you made one. Yeah. I did. I did kind of direct and produce that. Yeah, I was waiting I for made my one. dad to pick me up after, like, something at the school. Yeah, right? And I think you just, like, waited outside and you were like, hello? I did. I remember there was some, 
real funny parts, like me just laying on the bench and kicking my feet. Like Oh, that's right. I wish we could find them. They were on Facebook at one point, and I cannot find them anywhere I know. Now. It's so sad. They, they got lost in, like, the Facebook hole. Oh, wait, me, I had a book, freak. and I hit a fly. <laughs> you don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that, like no. Book. I remember me spelling words on the floor with my foot. And then I remember being like, I ate a peanut after I threw up. Did we do one of, like, Rosie, who played Logan? Maybe. Or was it just us? <laughs> it was probably just us. Knowing us, it was probably just the two of us. Hey, uh, Elsa and Max are going to go take a quick five. Um, we're going to go are play they? these other characters. Oh, that's, oh, yes, yes. That was the same summer we did spelling, or sound music. You're right, you're right. So that's honestly all I remember from our high school version. I remember... The chalkboard that we had as a set piece. We had, like, a big chalkboard on the back wall. I remember the coral risers, but I remember virtually nothing else. I only, actually, only have two things. Okay, what do you remember? Number one is my proudest choice that I've ever made as an actor is during My Friend the Dictionary physically moving someone from their seat in the audience. That's right. You did do that. That's so funny. Because they were in my dad's seat. You got all the way. So we had the, like, during our high school shows, we usually, like, there was a big gap between where the edge of our stage went and where the seat started. So we would very often put, like, coral platforms on the floor jutting out from the stage to create, like, an apron. Yeah. And for this show, we had an apron and so Amanda was pretty close to this to the audience, so I forgot about that. <laughs> she would say like, "Oh, sir, could you please not sit in that seat?" And you would get out of, you would get down off the platform, go grab the audience member, and did you sing to them? I did. I sang the entire song, walking them over to the other side of the theater. That's right. And they were. And you physically, and they could be like, it'd be like a couple, yeah, like a man and a, like a man and a, and a wife, and like you had to remove him from his wife for <laughs> yep. like at least so the funny. first half. Right. And I'm remembering now, one of the bummers, we only did the show for two shows in high school. Two performances. I know. Was, did we do two weekends at Dairyfield? I think we only did one. I think one. we did six performances. No, I think we did six performances. Really? But I think they were spread out over two weekends. Maybe. I don't remember. I think. But we only did two I think it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. I think. I don't remember. Anyway. But I just remember that. And then also, so we talked about Nate, who played Principal Pant. And at one point, there was this guy who was just, like, such a dill hole, who was one of our audience volunteers. And you know how you can ask, can I have it in a sentence? Can I have it? Whatever. Right. And he said in the microphone, could I have that word in a song? And Nate, well, in just silence, and he goes, sir, this is not a musical. <laughs> and it was brilliant. It was very funny. That's right. I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. So, but I, he was, he was freaking hilarious. He was just very he good on his feet. He was very funny. And like I said, like I said, he could have absolutely gone yep. to acting school if somebody had seen this video of him. I, that's basically all I remember from that show. I remember us having to do a pas de deux. And I was like, I can't dance. It was hard. I don't remember what it was. We, we did that whole damn ballet. I don't, I don't remember it, but... Do you know what line kills me in the show, and especially when you and I what? played these roles, was, it's all right, Barf. Tears. I know. She knows that he knows, and he knows that she knows that he knows. And it was you and I, and I was just like, it's like, you can go to college, Sam. 
right, stop. That's not funny. <laughs> That's really sad. Stop. Anyways. And then we were together anyway. Yeah. What did and it I was matter? like, psych. <laughs> Here I am. You're like, psych, hail Satan. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about the Dairyfield Reps production of the 25th Annual Pun and Penny Spelling Bee. So you start. I have a few more memories from this. Okay. Okay. So there's a couple things. The first story I want to tell is about one of my proudest improv moments on stage. Okay. I'll take this off my pol- list. It involves a Poland Spring water bottle and Miss Amanda Harrington. So I have been known to, while in character, sometimes goof off on stage, especially when it's a show where the focus is very much not on me. Sometimes <laughs> in Charlie on tour, I would burp in the chocolate room. That's amazing on like Veruca like I would just bur- try to like I figured out how to like burp on are you hands. serious and I would like burp really loud like in the line but only loud enough for like Veruca to hear I love that song <laughs> nobody else would hear it but I would like burp um I'd pick my nose all sorts of gross stuff that Augustus uh, wow <laughs> Augustus could do in Spelling Bee one night I took a big glug out of my Poland Spring water bottle and I looked over at Amanda, who was playing Marcy in this production. So she was straight-faced, deadpan for about 95% of the show. And I was behind you. Correct. Behind me. So I very slowly turned my head to Amanda with a big sip of water in my mouth. And I turned and I looked at her and I smiled with my teeth showing so that all of the water that I had pulled in my mouth fell out and onto my shirt. <laughs> And I have never seen somebody try to hold back their emotions more in my whole life than when Amanda could not laugh but wanted to so badly at me spilling water all over myself. (laughs) I have this in my notes. I said playing Marcy Park was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my life. Well, you're a very joyful person and you laugh at a lot of stuff, especially when you're surrounded by like me, Chelsea. I don't want to give him any good credit, but your boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, like, we, it was a pretty funny cast in that second it was a very funny version cast. of the show. So you had a lot to laugh at, and you really could not ever. So I sat by myself in the third row, and David, who played Leaf, was behind me. And he would, like, attack me with his finger puppets. Yeah. And then, like, I would listen to Zach, who played Chip, just talk about fucking, what's her name, with... His boner, my yes. marigold. And then you and Chelsea sat, like, next to each other. I couldn't. Me and Chelsea being next to each other was the worst. It was, like, me <laughs> yeah. and Brooke, Brooke, who played Olive. Olive. And then Ch- and there was an audience member, and then there was somebody on the other side of the audience member, Chelsea. Um, it was bad. But us, the three of us being in the front row, was not a good choice on the director's <laughs> side, because we just goofed off the entire time. In character. But we caused a lot of havoc. All right, my second thing that I forgot about until I, like, actually went back and, like, thought about Dairyfield is that when I entered as Barf for in the Dairyfield production, I entered with a fall. Ah, I don't remember that. <laughs> the double doors would, like, swing open to the gymnasium, which was the back yep. door of our set. And I took, like, three steps and then with a big, like, ugly, like, Jansport backpack on, <laughs> fell flat on my face and then stood up and was like, uh, it's pronounced Barfay. <laughs> Like trying to brush myself off and recover from the fall, but I would, and I had like sh- I had like bruises on my knees because I don't know how to fall well. I was not trained on physical right. combat in school, so I had like bruises on my knees, and I I would like fall hard at the top of the show every single time on my entrance, just like one two three step fall. I love it. Like and hard flat on my face, like head to the ground fall. You went zero to a hundred with this roll, so. 
I do, with this role specifically, I really do go 0 to 100 a lot. Talk about why else. So, my very last memory (laughs) is one of my favorite physical sight gags that I've ever gotten to do on stage, ever. Shout out Chris Kiley. Shout out to our director for this, yeah, Jerryfield production, Chris Kiley, who came up with this gag. So, as we know in the Broadway production, Jose uh, Yana, who plays uh, Chip swung from like a gymnasium uh, climbing rope in our set we had a gym climbing rope much like the Broadway production however it was rigged to be a tearaway so the gag was that Barf was going to swing from the rope but when I went to go swing from the rope it was only taped up by a very small piece of tape so I would grab it and I would swing and I would go crashing to the ground and the rope would cascade down from the rafters on top of me all the way downstage right. And every single night that we did this show, I heard an audible, visceral reaction from the audience because it was very funny. And it's I, that's not all on me. Like, yes, the delivery was very funny, but the idea of the gag is extremely hilarious. Yeah. But I do want to tell the story about one night. I believe it was our last performance. Do you even know this? I don't know what you're about to say. So basically the stage manager and like the stage hands before every show, like half an hour before would go up and they would gaff tape a very small piece of gaff tape to the rope. But then the rope fell right before this final performance. It like 10 minutes before the house opened, the rope fell. So they quickly went out on the genie and like a ladder and like quickly taped it back up, but they put too much tape <laughs> oh my God. on the rope. So it's not know about this? No. So I went to go jump and rip the rope down, but I was suspended in midair for about a half a second where the rope did not give. And then from about six feet in the air, I fell to the ground <laughs> because the rope was taped too, too well to the proscenium. So I literally like felt the rope, like hold me for a second. And I was like, oh my God. And then I went crashing to the ground. <laughs> See, the thing is, this happened during... And that was probably my best acting that I did in the show because it was real. Did you pull on it? What do you mean? Or did you just sit in the air and then... No, like, I went and it just it just held me for, like, half a second. Okay. I didn't, like, swing or anything, but it held my weight for, like, half a second. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I went crashing to the ground and I was like, oh, my God. And then I hit the ground and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, well. See, the thing is, this happened during Pandemonium where everyone was in their so own So there's so world. much chaos going on. Exactly. There's so much chaos going I on. I did on not stage. know. But the way, that this, the way that the stage was, the way that the choreography was for this particular version of Pandemonium, the, the, the sight was on me at that point. So the audience mm-hmm. saw it every night, but not all the other actors on stage saw it. So there was one performance that I had to call out and use the swing. Um, so I only so I got to see it once, and I had no oh, I forgot about this. clue that you were on this rope until that performance. I was like... And you thought I broke it. Yes, I was like, Sam, what? What? Sam just broke that rope. You thought I broke I it. I had no I forgot about that. idea. Because you had an understudy go on for you for one performance. Yeah. But, like, I don't... Two performances? What? Just one. Two performances? Just a matinee. I forgot about that. I will never forget, because it was very, very cool getting to see it from the audience. Like, as much as I hated not being able to perform, I was like, this is rad. Like, I get to see this. I've never gotten to see a show that I haven't done, but I did call out in Charlie, and it's so weird to, like, know that the show is going on without you. 
Yeah. Especially the first time. I'm sure once you call out more than once, it, like, just becomes, like, oh, I called out of work tonight. It's like a job. But I feel like... When you first start that. Right. Yeah. Right. But I feel like the first time you call out, you're like, oh, my God, like, the show is happening without me tonight. Well, because, like, in college, we never had understudies. No. Can you imagine? It would have been less stressful. <laughs> I have a couple. All right. What other memories do you have? I have a couple more. I remember... Well, I told you that playing Marcy was probably the hardest role I've ever played. <laughs> um... But also, I remember why they cast me as Marcy Park. I don't know. <clears throat> but I remember Chris kept trying to find things for me to do and speak six languages because she's supposed to do all this shit. I can't do anything. <laughs> I can't do splits. Like, I can't do anything. So he tried to have me shoot hoops. And I failed a bunch. And he's like, let's, let's just fucking cut it. And then I played. So I was like, I'll play piano. And I played a little bit of Mozart. You did, that's right. But I messed up every single night. And Chris, because Chris and I are good friends now, and we'd, like, get drunk, and he'd be like, remember when I let you do that, but you fucked it up every time? <laughs> I'm like, yep. Sure do. <laughs> I never noticed, but it was funny. It was like, Oh, what? I had to help you back on stage, right? Yeah, I think you picked me back up. Because I jumped yeah. into the pit. Right. To play piano. I kicked the music director out. Like, move. My last one is... Wow, I just really want to shout out Chris Kylie a lot. He better listen to this. Coming with the idea to use the genie for Jesus. Oh, that was really funny. Actually, I forgot about that. <laughs> and it was so. How do you explain so this the high genie? School, we performed. We performed a read. We performed this this professional show at a high school in a high school auditorium, and the high school had a genie, which is like a, a lift used to like rig lights and to t- hang things at high heights or yeah. whatever. I forgot about that. Well, we couldn't figure out how to lift Jesus. And Chris was like, what if he just does it on the genie? And the genie is like loud and has an alarm. So Jesus like rose up in silence because there's a lot of music. And then when he had to leave, it was like, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, but it went beep, beep, beep. That's right. That's right. So that was pretty good. That was like the only highlight. Not the only. I've. Being Marcy was fun because I got to be in the show, but, like, the best part was getting to play with Zach as Jesus. Because that's such a funny right. couple scenes. Especially for Marcy, where she has no other real, like, fun. Jesus? Camouflage is a, is a good line, but... Yes. But that's it for my um, personal memories. I remember... The other thing that I wanted to mention is... Just sort of the camaraderie that we had in this company. It was a very... Yeah. It was a very strong cast the second time um, that we did the show. And everyone was very talented and showed up and did their their parts really well. Uh, and I had a lot of fun doing it. I think this is my favorite show I did at Dairyfield. I, I just love spelling me. So that time I auditioned, though, I auditioned for... I think I auditioned for Logan. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I was like, I played Olive. Like, I feel like there's somebody better out there. Right. But I feel like we were cast well for the most part. I think so. All right. Shall we wrap up? Yeah, I didn't realize actually how long we've been talking. We've been talking for a while. Um, for like two hours. Spelling Bee is a fantastic musical. I think more people should produce it. It's a crowd favorite. It's a fun acting challenge. Uh, and it really just reminds you of kind of the pressure we put on children and the fact that they their lives should be more about having fun and enjoying getting to be kids rather than the pressure of trying to reach great educational acclaim or 
you know, yeah. institutional acclaim. Um, but it really is just a fun show with fun people uh, and a fun story. I never experienced a spelling bee as a middle school teacher, so... I did. As a middle school teacher? No. Do you want to know about the word that I spelled wrong? Oh, you're talking about when you were in middle school. What did you spell wrong? Argument. That's an easy one. I know. Do you want to give me one last in the words, word? In the, wor- in the words of Barfay, I know. God, Barfay? <laughs> Sorry, side note. Uh, uh, wait, oh. before you say one more thing. Time to spell another word. <laughs> Miss Harrington, are you ready for your final word? May the fu- may the may the final two spellers please step forward. God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. Was that the right job? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Miss Harrington, your word is lysergic acid digethylamide. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a great season. Ask for a definition. <laughs> Ask for a definition. What's the definition? A hallucinogenic drug that produces profound changes in perception and mood. Can you use it in a sentence? Rita took too much lysergic acid diethylamide and thought she was a glass of orange juice. As we often do at times. Can you can you say it one more time? <clears throat> lysergic acid diethylamide. <clears throat> Lysergic acid diethylamide. Is that right? Did I say it Lysergic right? Lysergic acid diethylamide. Lysergic acid diethylamide. LSD. I think I got it right. I'm so sorry that spelling is incorrect. You gonna spell it for us all? Da, 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 da. Goodbye. Do you want to spell it for the audience? Of course not. Panch didn't. Why should I have to? Isn't it LSD? Yeah. Okay. I'll take a sip, but also I was right. Amanda, I just want to say getting to do this podcast with you, like I said in the beginning of the episode, getting to do this podcast with you over the last few months has been such a highlight. And if you're a listener of Buzz Broadway, I am so grateful for you. Every week I get to look at our little analytics and I see how many people listen. Excuse me. I get to see... Oh my God. Oh my God! I get to see how many people... Every week I get to see how many people listen. Give a solemn speech. Stop. (laughs) Every week I get to see how many people listen to our podcast, and I get so excited that so many people are interested in hearing what we have to say about our favorite musicals. This is such a passion project, and to hear that so many people are interested in listening and hearing what we have to say really warms my heart. Same, like the friends who live tweet me, tweet the friends who live text me while they listen to it, like just. Bring me so much joy every week. Thank you guys so much. We will be back, whether you like it or not. And <laughs> I'm just really excited for the future. Please tell your friends. Like I agree. If you like Buzz Broadway, please leave us a review on Apple Music. Please share us on your Instagram or your Facebook. Please make a monthly donation so we can continue to bring you all these great episodes. We are so, so lucky and grateful to get to do this for you. Um, and we're so happy that you have all taken the time to listen to us talk about stupid musicals that we love a few of our favorite things (laughs) amanda i am so grateful to get to do this with you i love you so much i Um, love you too and i can't wait to be back for season two that's all she wrote 
Well, folks, in the wise words of Spelling Bee the Musical, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> if you like what you heard on today's episode, be sure to leave us a rating and review. Want to support Buzzed Broadway? Head to anchor.fm to learn more. If you need more Buzz Broadway shenanigans in your life, follow us on Instagram at at Podcast. Buzz Broadway is conceived and hosted by Amanda Harrington and Sam St. Jean. Editing by Amanda Harrington. Original music by Carl Pariso with musical arrangements by Patrick Doro. As always, thank you to our sponsors, to Anchor, and to you, our listeners. See you next time. You could do it. Wait, Goodbye. that was actually the boy part. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.